Welcome to The Way Church Service with Pastor John. We invite you to join us at 514 Smithfield Avenue in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented to you by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. Okay, we are ready. We are going to get started. Welcome to the Way Church Service. I want to thank everyone for coming out tonight to get a portion of God's Word. Amen. First and foremost, I'd like to thank our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for making all this possible for us by going to the cross, becoming obedient unto death, by going to the cross, shedding His blood for the forgiveness of our sins, and becoming the final sacrifice for our sins. So we could have a new life, spiritual life, eternal life, and a new purpose here on planet earth for all who believe in the one and only Son of God. Amen? Amen. Our Lord Jesus. We gather here to learn about our Creator and find our purpose here and use it to glorify God and to serve our Lord and Savior and one another. Our goal, this ministry has a specific goal, and that is to grow spiritually and start to handle life God's way. Not our way. God's Word, which is the Bible, becomes the owner's manual to our lives. And we use it to see how God wants us to live, think, act, serve, and how to treat others. Amen? Thank you, Jesus, for showing us a new way. Each part of His body is very precious to God. I want to personally welcome each and every one of you to the way. We depend on God's grace, not our own power, to accomplish His will for our lives. And if you have a cell phone, can you please silence it so it doesn't disturb tonight's service? And we will start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for allowing us this awesome opportunity tonight, Lord, to gather together as your family, to worship, honor, and glorify you, Lord, and to listen, to hear what the Spirit is trying to say to the church tonight, Lord, and to all of us, Lord. Thank you for getting us all here safely tonight, Lord. Thank you for always being in our lives, Lord, never leaving us nor forsaking us, even when we leave and forsake you, Lord. You remain faithful because you you cannot deny who you are, Lord. Thank you for that, Lord, for never giving up on us, Lord, even as we give up on ourselves all the time, Lord. Thank you for your grace and tender-hearted mercies that begin afresh every morning, for without them, Lord, we wouldn't be able to carry on And carry out your will for our lives, Lord. Thank you for our brothers and sisters here, Lord, that serve so faithfully and attend so faithfully, Lord, to learn more about you, Lord, and become more and more like you, Lord. Let us not just be hearers of the word, Lord, but to grow in grace and knowledge and become doers of the word, Lord, so the lost and dying world can see that we belong to you, Lord, and under your power now, and not the devil's. And let everything we do tonight, as always, Lord, be led by your spirit and not our flesh. And it's in Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen and amen. All right, we're just going to come up and sing and usher in the spirit, and we're going to get started. Yeah. 
Beautiful. Thanks, Brett. I am a believer. Amen? Oof. Well, it's warm today, huh? Thank God we got a little reprieve in here, huh? It's not too bad, right? Thank you, Jesus. So, give us some little AC going on. Especially for a preacher, because I get on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! On fire for God, amen? And His Word and His people. How's everybody doing tonight, okay? It's really, really good to see everybody. It really, really is. I'm glad I'm here. I need this more than ever, boy, I'll tell you. The closer I get to the Lord, walking with Him, the more attacks I get. And the more knowledge we have of Him and His ways, the more the devil comes and attacks us. We have to be ready and prepared for that, amen? You have to understand that. <coughs> just keep the church in prayer because we are trying to advance and grow. And every time, there's always growing pains, amen? So just keep the church in prayer and everybody in it. And churches all over the world in prayer is the devil tries to close us down and knock us out of the box and try to disunify us. Amen? So we have to understand God's grace is what keeps us going. Amen? Not our own power. Thank God. And the spiritual walk is a, a marathon, not a sprint. We can't put unrealistic expectations on our growth. Amen? God, he wants quality people and it takes time to produce quality fruit. Amen? You go to the market, right? You get a tomato that wasn't ripened properly on the vine. When you go eat that tomato, it's like, is that a tomato? And you get one from a garden that's been seasoned over the whole season of the summer, and you cut it open. It's so juicy and flavorful, and you can make a nice gravy out of that, right? But the ones from the market are like, dry. There's no flavor to them because they've been forced to grow, amen? One thing about a Christian, we're not, God never forces us to grow, amen? So we shouldn't force ourselves to grow and expect us to force others to grow too, amen? So we've got to take time and be patient. And what we do while we're waiting makes all the difference. Because we tend to be impatient with progress, amen? But God's changing us thoroughly from the inside out. Sometimes we don't even see it happening, amen? One day you wake up and you just, something's different. And you just, there's nothing on your part. It's the work of God, amen? Every time we get in the way, it sets us back. Okay, we've got a beautiful scripture up there that ties directly into our message as always. 1 Peter chapter 2. Let's start there tonight. And the Holy Spirit is going to be taken over as I preach the word of God. It's no longer going to be me, so please be attentive to that and respectful to it. And try not to cause any distractions that might try to get the Spirit to take us away from the Spirit. Amen? Always be attentive to that. Okay. She's got verse 9 over there. We're going to have to go back a little bit. Just a little bit. Okay. We're going to go back to 7. Okay. Is everybody there? All right. Here we go. Yes. You who trust him recognize the honor God has given him. But for those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone and he is the stone that makes people stumble the rock that makes them fall now who's he talking about who's the rock who's the rock jesus is the rock now why do they stumble they stumble 
because they do not obey God's word. They do not stumble because they know God. They do not know God's word. They know God's word. They stumble because they don't obey God's word. Amen? You can hear the word all you want, but if you don't obey the word, you are going to stumble in your Christian walk. That's what he's trying to say here. They stumble because they do not obey God's word. And so they meet the faith that was planned for them. But, here's the Bible book, but you, believers, are not like that. For you are a chosen people. Do you realize right now the people in this room were chosen by God? You are a chosen generation of believers. And that is an important thing to understand. And it's a high honor. People just don't understand what you see. A lot of people don't see what you see or what you have. It is a gift. Listen. Listen to what it says. You are royal priests. All of us are royal priests in God's eyes. We are all his representatives. Listen to this. That's how powerful you are. You don't understand how powerful you are or how much power you possess. As a result, look, you are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. How do you show others the goodness of God? Just by telling them about Jesus? No, you show others the goodness of God by a life worthy of the call. Amen? You show them that this is worth living for. Amen? You show them that. The goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. We are now in the light. What's the light? The light of God's truth, which is his word. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, think about that. Now you have received God's mercy, all of us. How many of us need God's mercy on this one? Oh, please, Lord, thank you for your grace and mercy. It's matchless, right? Dear friends, now here's Peter warning us. Now he's warning us right now, not 2,000 years ago. As the Bible speaks to us now, Peter is warning the church right now. Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very soul. You see, what's waging war against our soul? Our worldly desires, which is our sinful nature, our flesh. Our worldly desires getting the way of us representing God properly as a chosen people. Can I get an amen for that? We have to understand that it's our desires that stop us. Look, that wage war against your very souls. Be careful. Look at verse 12. Be careful to live, not to know, to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Why? Why is that important? And not taught enough in church. But this church talks about it often because it's very important. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Why? Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see that your honorable behavior and they will give God honor when he judges the world. Amen? What is it? What is it? How do you, when somebody criticizes you, how do you prove them wrong? By telling them they're wrong? No, you prove them wrong by living a life that's against what they're saying about you. Amen? That's how you do it. They're saying, well, you're saying all that about them, but I don't really see that the way they live. They live like children of God. I don't see that. 
So even if they criticize you, they have nothing to go by because they see an honorable life. That's why it's so important as a Christian to live an honorable life. So we don't get deceived. Amen? And that's why we need to understand spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare is very not enough taught in churches to understand it. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood enemies. The principalities and powers of the unseen world we're wrestling against. And that's what the message is about. That's what we're talking about. And we're going to stay on this subject for a while until we get it. Amen? We're going to get this. This church is going to get what spiritual warfare is and how to defend ourselves against it. Amen? Because we have the power of the risen Christ in each and every one of us. You should never think that you're defeated because we already have the victory. The devil is going to make you feel defeated. The devil goes into our emotions. The word of God goes into our facts. It goes into our into our into our soul. It's a fact. I'm a chosen, I'm a believer priest. I'm safe. I'm going to heaven. That is not who I am anymore, devil. And every time you try to tell me that, I'm going to tell you the Bible tells me that he who is in me is stronger than he who is in the world. We have to learn to fight back with scripture. Scripture has to be in our minds on that day and at that time. Amen? It's through the scripture. We cannot fight the devil in the flesh. Because we're not wrestling against flesh and blood enemies. So we fight back with the words of God. Amen? That's where the power is. Not in us. We can't, we can't resist him. He's too powerful for us. He knows, he knows what our desires are. The closer we get to him, the more desires he gives us to go back. How many of us are impatient with this Christian walk? Be honest. Everybody wants instant results. Listen. The ministry, when you get involved in a ministry that teaches truth, it's over years and years of years of spiritual disciplines does the transformation take place. Can I get an amen for that? Not jumping around all over the place. You have to stay anchored and rooted in the Word of God and learn the ways of God and actually learn how to apply it. But you have to stay anchored somewhere. You can't be all tossed about everywhere. You have to stay anchored and learn the Word of God. And that's all our ministry is about here, learning the Word of God. So we can fight back, finally, the right way. Amen? All right, is everybody with me so far? All right, I'm getting heated up now. The Holy Spirit is taking over. This is not me, trust me. My flesh wants to be at the beach. Okay? My spirit tells me, you get your, you get your butt to church. The beach can't save you. Because a lot of Christians get this misunderstanding about respecting authority above them as Christians, okay? It says in verse 13, For the Lord's sake, for the glory of your Savior, submit to all human authority, whether the king is head or state, or the officials he has appointed. For the king has sent them to punish those who do wrong and to honor those who do right. Now, look at verse 15. A lot of us say, oh, I don't know what God's will is for me. It tells us right here what God's will is for us. It's God's will that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. For you are free, yet you are God's slaves. So don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. See it? 
Don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Respect everyone and love the family of believers. Fear God and respect the king. What's that? Love your family of believers. Fear and have reverence for God. And you respect the authority that God has put us underneath this nation. You respect it and you pray for it. You do not go up against it or rebel against it because God is the one who put it here. Whether you like it or not, God has put that authority over us and we're to respect him. Amen? And if you don't, you are being, it's a disobedience and you're disobeying God and you will get ch chastised for it. Amen? So don't think you know more than God. The word tells us what to do. It tells us that your honorable life should silence those ignorant people for you are free yet you are God's slaves. So don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. How many of us do that? Don't, don't even raise your hand, because we all know. We use our freedom to do what our sinful nature craves. It says do not use it for that reason. Use it to what? Glorify God, amen? We now have the freedom to say no to the devil and yes to Jesus Christ and obey him. That's what he's talking about. We're his slaves now. Before we were slaves to the devil, obeying the commando of the unseen world at one point in our life. Now we're to obey what God tells us to do, amen? And the authority is through his words, not through what people say, amen? The words of God of our authority. And this church is built on the words of God, amen? Not any human teaching, amen? How about a big amen for that? So you're in the right place if you want to learn God's ways, Amen? Now, let's gonna, we're going to continue on our awesome study about spiritual warfare and the importance of understanding it, okay? We have to understand one thing. Spiritual warfare is real, okay? Just because you can't see it or understand it does not mean it doesn't exist, okay? We have to understand that it's real, but don't worry. God is with you. Listen to me. God is with you. And God is not a feeling. Stop. Think. God is not a say. God is not a feeling. God is a fact. God, the very power of God is in you. There's no feeling. The devil attacks our emotions, making us feel like, oh, God's not happy with you. He's not with you. Look what's happening in your life. Look at the way you're thinking. It has nothing to do with that. It's what I believe. It's what I become. Amen? You have to believe that the power of God is controlling you. And it will. Amen? I'm under the power of a new authority. The creator is my authority now. Not the commander of the unseen world, which is the devil. Amen? The principalities of powers of this world. Okay? Is everybody with me so far? Yeah. We have power. Listen, power is not a feeling. Power is a fact. Okay? You have spiritual power over the devil. Don't you dare give the devil credit over your life. You give God credit over your life because he rescued you from that. Amen. So don't you dare go back and go fall into it again. He is defeated. He is defeated. But he wants us to feel defeated. We are not defeated. We're victorious. But we have to believe that and operate in that victory. Amen? So we can show the lost and dying world that God is in us. The almighty God is living in us and through us. So... Beat it, devil. Get off me like Daniel. <laughs> You're a flake. You're a flake, devil. You're a flake. 
All right, everybody remembers the Flintstones, right? We get the little devil on one shoulder, the little angel on the yeah. other, and the devil's always pitchforking at the angel. What's well, the other way around for a believer? Amen. The angel knocks the devil off. Amen. The devil doesn't knock the angel off. Amen? Amen? God is more powerful than the devil. Don't you ever accept that in your life? We're here to prove it and show it with an honorable life. How do you prove that the devil has no power over you? By living God's way and obeying him. That's how you prove it. You don't prove it by just watching it. You prove it by living it. That takes time. It takes time. A lot of people haven't got the understanding of that or don't really know how to. But we're going to try to get that through you, okay? I want you to know. I want you to learn that our Savior, the most powerful in the universe, dwells within us. And he has control over your life if you have him. He's the guy. Okay. The honor of God takes its name from the well-known spiritual warfare passage in Ephesians chapter 6, 10 to 20. There are actually seven pieces of armor, okay, described there, not six, okay, as commonly thought. When Paul talks about spiritual warfare in Ephesians 6, prayer is the seventh piece of armor that activates all the rest of the spiritual armor, Amen. When we refuse to pray, it's like having a refrigerator without plugging it in. Okay? Prayer is the divinely authorized mechanism God has given us to tap into his power. Without prayer, we'll be ineffective in our spiritual warfare, but with it, we will be victorious. Amen? Now, there's a lot more to prayer than people think. It's not just saying a prayer. It's actually believing what you're praying. See, when you believe what you're praying for, it will happen when it's in God's will. Amen? You have to believe it. What stopped people from getting in the promised land in the nation Israel? Unbelief. It's what stops us from being victorious now. Unbelief. That's all it is. We're not believing what we're praying for. Mike, what did he say? In, uh, remember he told him, uh, help, my, help me with my unbelief. How many of us need help with unbelief? Be honest. We all do. Everybody thinks they're strong spiritual giants. Really, all need us to help us overcome our unbelief. We all have seasons of doubt in our lives. Especially when God seems like he's not coming through. But you think he's not coming through because you're defining it by frames of time. God sets up events and circumstances over time over a believer's life to change him and make things happen. And it's not your way, it's his way. And when you yield to that way, you will be victorious. But you have to know the way. Okay? That's the name of this ministry, the way. Right? I am the way, Jesus said, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And who's the way? Jesus is this. This is what has to get in here. Not just hearing me. This word has to get in you. Continuously. So when the devil comes, you can fight back with scripture. Because that's the only power you have. The power is in the words of God. Can I get an amen? Not in the preacher or the church. It's in the words. Amen? Jesus is the words. So it's the very words of God that are a source of our own protection. Okay. Let's talk about the truth about spiritual warfare. We tend to see our problems, okay, and struggles in a non-spiritual terms, okay? And because of that, we tend to seek 
non-spiritual solutions. Everything that occurs in the Bible, physical world, is directly connected to the wrestling match between the waged and the invisible spiritual world. The Bible says the effects of the war going on in heaven and the unseen world reveal themselves in our strained and damaged relationships. That's how they reveal themselves, okay? Emotional instability, okay? Mental fatigue, physical exhaustion, and many other areas of life. Many of us feel pinned down by anger, unforgiveness, pride, comparisons, insecurities, discord, fear, torment, addictions, listen, victims of abuse or oppression, or those deceived by greed and worldly ambition. These are all forces behind it is the devil. You see, he's the one that forced, causing all that stuff in your life. Mental fatigue, emotional instability. Then what do we blame? Oh, my job is just too stressful. My family life is causing all this. I just got too much on my plate. Never understanding that there's a force behind that has nothing to do with the material world. So everybody says, well, once I get this and get this in order, all that will stabilize. And it never happens. It never achieves what it's supposed to. We go to the world for the fix and there's no fix there. It doesn't fix. Look, you can fix outward things easy, but it doesn't fix emotional instability. The worldly things don't fix mental fatigue. Worldly things don't fix physical exhaustion in many other areas of life. Let me tell you something. I get physically exhausted when I'm not even working. Just that warfare going on in my head makes me exhausted. How many of us, am I the only one that goes through this? I'd rather work physically all day than get that mental torment that goes on and beats me up. But there's something behind it. It's not the job. It's not the career. It's not the people. It's the devil underneath all that. We have to understand that. So you have to evaluate. This is why it's so important to evaluate where you're at. So you see where he has you. Can I get an amen for that? And the list goes on. Okay? But the overarching primary ne nemesis behind all these outcomes is the devil himself. Amen? Did you catch that? Our biggest problems are actually spiritually rooted. Our biggest problems are spiritually rooted. And why is our goal to grow spiritually? Because the problems are spiritual. And if we grow spiritually, we will be able to get victorious. Amen? And that's the problem lacking in churches today. Spiritual growth. Everybody thinks spiritual growth is how many times I read my Bible. How many doctrines I know. No, it's how many of this stuff you can live and obey. And how much you can put it into practice when the devil comes calling. When you get greedy and selfish and self-centered and restless. If you can fight back with scripture. God did not give me that spirit of fear and timidity, but power, love, and a sound mind. Get behind me, Satan. My mind's not scrambled eggs today. I mean, it was getting like that, right? You get up one morning, it's like, boom, boom, you get bombarded with a million things to do, and you can't accomplish none of them. They're all hitting you at once. 
Instead of saying, stop, one thing at a time. One thing at a time I overcome, and it's going to take some time. You wish all that went away in one shot, right? Physical exhaustion, mental instability, all that craziness that the world puts into our heads, right? It's going to take time to get that out of us and stabilize. There's nothing more powerful against the kingdom of darkness than a stable, mature Christian. Amen? A stable, mature Christian, no matter what's going on, they're trusting God. Whatever it is. Because nothing can happen in any believer's life unless the Almighty God allows it. And He has a purpose and a reason for it. And we should grow, when we grow and understand that, we'll know it and understand it and be able to grow from it. We won't cry about it and whine. I've been serving all my life. Why am I going through this? That's why. When you serve God faithfully all your life, you are going to be on the front lines of the battle. So you should thank him. Thank you, God, for even choosing me to want to fight for you, for your kingdom, glory. Amen. So, to live with purpose is what gives us stability. When you live with a purpose in your life to grow and glorify God, you have stability. You know there's a goal. Without a vision, people perish. You have to have a goal to set. I am going to become Christ-like through the ministry. I'm going to get involved in the ministry. I'm going to become what God created me to become. And you set the goal. Can I get an amen for that? The very reason why he saved you. Most Christians don't even understand why they got saved. They got saved to get involved in the army to build his kingdom. One body. Not everybody has the same gift. That's why there's so many different parts of the body. I'm up here, but her running the Facebook feeds, another part of the ministry that's just as important. Somebody shutting the fan off later, just as important. Somebody opening the doors early, just important. Everybody has a gift to use, but do you actually use it for the benefit of the ministry and other people, or are you just in it for yourself? You've got to understand, this isn't about me, it's about him. And what can I do to get involved and glorify him and get out of myself, which is the problem to begin with? I'm too self-absorbed. And when you decide to do that, let me warn you, when you decide to have to, to serve him, he's gonna throw everything, the devil's gonna throw everything at you to stop you from doing it. Fear, oh I'm not worthy, I'm not smart enough, I'm too weak, I felt to too many things. Lies. Lies. He knows all that already. He knows you're too weak. That's why he puts his spirit in you. To strengthen you and build you up in Christ. Okay. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. Okay, verse 12. Let's just reiterate what we're fighting against here. And how crazy it is. Verse 12 of Ephesians chapter 6. Is everybody with me so far? This is awesome. This is real awesome. This is real powerful. You're going to be able to gain more power if you just believe it and listen to what I'm telling you. The Bible is truth. What The devil is full of lies into your head. It fills you with lies and actually wants you to believe it. That I need this and I need that. No. 
All you need is Jesus. And when you make that decision, he will come in and heal you and empower your life forever. No turning back. Right? It's that song. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning. What do you mean no turning back? No going back into the worldly ways again. I'm done. When you've had enough of that, God says, good, you're done now? Now I can do something with you. Amen? After you're done throwing up your sin nature. Because he doesn't take it away from us. After you're done with it, throwing it up and seeing how destructive it is, he says, oh good, now I can use you. And some Christians are so spiritually blind, they don't even see that they're self-destructing all the way through their Christian life. Not trusting God at all. Becoming weaker and weaker in the flesh. Amen? When we can become stronger and stronger in the spirit. To overcome the nasty flesh that we all have. Okay. Is everybody there? For we, verse 12. Some manuscripts read you. Are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. So we have to understand that's not where the war is. But against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Against mighty powers in this dark world. And against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Spiritual warfare is real. That's creepy. It's creepy. And the unbeliever world even knows that. Because go look at them crazy horror movies that they put out. All that weird stuff. They know that there's demonic forces out there. But they wouldn't have them horror movies out there. You look at that stuff, it gives you the heebie-jeebies. It's craziness, but it's real. It's real. We have to understand that it's real. But we are now in the light. We are not in the dark about it anymore. We have power through our prayer. We have power through our church. We have power through our people. That's why it tells us to gather. There's power. Just think about... You went to work and left half your body at home and try to get a full day's work out of you. You can't. Can I get an amen for that? That's why people don't understand how important it is to stay connected to a church body. You see, when you stay connected to a church body, when we branch off, then we come back and get unified again and get more power. But once we, we, we get the power is when we're together. This is where the power is. And then we branch off. Then we come back and get the power source. Jesus is the head of the church. You can't do it without him. We also have a need for spiritual vision, okay? For an understanding of who we are in Christ and all that entails. The Bible reminds us that God has provided us with everything we need to win the spiritual battles we face. Can I get an amen for that? He says he's given us everything. Emphasizing that we need to know that, emphasizing that we need to know that, believe it, and act upon it. Go to First Peter chapter, uh, Second Peter chapter one. How do I know this? Well, the Bible tells me that we have it, and the Bible is Jesus. By the way. So, Second Peter chapter 1, okay, look at verse 2. This is, this is powerful. This saying this in itself. May God, 
give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God in Jesus our Lord. Okay, so we need a lot of grace and peace as we grow in our knowledge because this is not natural for us to grow in. Okay, we need a lot of grace and a lot of peace because we reject it a lot. So we have to understand we need a lot of grace and we need a lot of peace just to get the knowledge enough to grow. Okay, that alone is a challenge. Can I get an amen for that? Just getting the knowledge we need is a challenge. Never mind applying it. Now, by his divine power, look at verse 3. God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. You see it? So what, what does that have to do with spiritual warfare? Well, when you live a godly life, that means that your life is being controlled by God, which is God is a what? He's a spirit. Okay? When God is controlling your life, it's the spirit of God that's controlling your life. So when you do that, you're actually living by the Spirit of God. Amen? Now look what it says. We have received all this. How have we received this? By hocus pocus? No. It says by coming to know Him. You see it? By coming to know Him. The one who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence. This is everything He's done. Listen now. This is everything He did for you. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. Now, it's the promises of God that give us a lot of power. And a lot of us don't understand what all the promises are. And there's so many promises, there's so many promises in the Bible. You, I don't know how many there are. You can't count them all. Now listen to what it's saying. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature. Okay? It's the promises of God that enable us to share it. Right? And what else does it enable us to do? Escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. What is the causing the what is causing the world's corruption? Human desires. Like I said, we give glory way much more to the devil than our own desires of what caused the malfunctions. And a lot of people, it was the devil. It was this, it was that. Everything but the man in the mirror that caused any of this to happen. None of this has to do with me. We have three forces fighting against becoming godly. The flesh, the world, and the devil. And I said last time we got together that it's hard to distinguish between the three which one's doing it. Sometimes all three at once are doing it. Amen? So we have to understand that we're involved in this. Our own flesh. It's not just the devil. The devil does not make us do anything. The devil tempts us, and we carry out the command from the devil. Amen? But here's the good part. God says, I give you the power to not follow him. No, to say no. Is it, just imagine when you want to do something, you know, really bad, and you're going to do it. And you have the power to say no. You know something that's disruptive in your life. All of us have things that are disruptive in our lives that we say yes to. And we have no control over because if we did, we wouldn't be destroyed by it. Can I get an amen for that? Lust, greed, whatever it might be, anger. You know what I mean? Whatever it might be. Whatever the, whatever the sin might be. Just imagine having the power. Did it say no? Nope. I'm not feeding you today, Lord. I'm not feeding you today, devil. No, I'm feeding Jesus. I'm going to feed myself the word of God. That's what's going to fill my soul. 
Not the world. Nothing of the world will fill that. And there's the problem Christians have. What do they do? They try to fill that hole with money, greed, lust, you name it. I'm not pinpointing anything. It's sin in general. We fill it with. And it doesn't fill it. Can I get an amen for that? You go to the refrigerator till you're blue in the face, you're still hungry. You go to the bank and you still want more. You never, you never have enough money. We never have enough of anything. That's the problem. It's self-indulgence. It's us. And the devil knows it's us and he knows how to get it. Because we already sold out to him. He knows how to get us. So the only way we're going to be able to fight back is what? Getting to know God. Getting to know ourselves. Here's the three things that we need to get to know. Me. I need to get to know who I am. And what my things and weakness and strengths are. I need to know the devil and his tactics. And I need to know God and how to use it. Three things we have to learn. Not just one. Everybody wants to skip the man in the mirror. I don't want to get to know myself. I'm going to blame it on everything else. Instead of starting... You have to start with you. And then it goes on from there. Then God can do something with you. Remember Jesus said, I came for people, not people that aren't sick. The ones who are sick, they need a doctor. If you're not sick, why do you need Jesus? That's why we have to look in the mirror and say, it's me. That's why I need a Savior. We need a Savior because we're sinners. Can I get any for that? But the Bible says that God has given us everything we need. Right? Not everything we want. By the way, he didn't say everything we want. Okay? Now, let me just say something now. In view of this, I'm saying, Dean is really smart, by the way. I'm glad he got in this, in this New Testament. Okay? Look what he said. In view of all this, understanding all these things I just told you, okay? Make every effort to respond to God's promises. So now, he's given you promises, now you have to respond to them. Now, here comes our part. Listen, believer, this is our side now, the supplement, us. Can I get an amen for that? Yeah. He said, in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promise. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. That's something on our part. In moral excellence with knowledge. We have to get more knowledge of him. In knowledge with self-control. In self-control with patient endurance. Which is something we really need. Patient endurance while we're waiting for these promises. See it? In patience endurance with godliness. And here's another one. Look at verse 7. In godliness with brotherly affection. What's that, brotherly affection? Your brothers and sisters, being kind and generous and courteous to people, not just in church. This is something you have to do. Listen, if you don't do any of that, well, then God's promises can't come into effect. You have to supplement your faith. It tells us what to do. Can I get an amen for this? Listen, stop being lazy Christians. We need to do things to supplement this. It's not just sit in church and hear the word of God. He tells us what to do. And he wants us to what? Do it. Thank you. If you're looking for a, lo a, lo a lovely la-di-da fluffy message, you definitely came to the wrong church. Because the Bible doesn't give us la-di-da fluffy messages. He tells us the reality and the truth and what needs to change. Can I get an amen for that? And that's what this ministry is all about. 
And guess who needs to change? Me. You. He don't have to change, by the way. God's already perfect, so we can't change him. No, he's going to change us. And this is the problem of sanctification that Christians don't like. The painful process of getting crucified of your flesh. And this is the problem that Christians do not accept because they're not taught that that's what's going to happen. One thing you're not going to be able to claim after you leave this ministry, if you choose to, is ignorance. You've been taught. You know. God's not going to say, Oh, I didn't know. Oh, yes, you did. You know that, that loud guy from 514 Smithfield Avenue that told you all that stuff in my word? He already told you. Don't tell me you didn't know. Okay, so I'm free of it. Okay? I'm doing my job. Now he's calling you to do yours. Amen? I can only give you the information. It's up to you to carry it out. But don't say, you can't go for, for God and say, I didn't know, Lord. Ignorance is not bliss anymore, believers. So don't think he's not holding you more accountable than unbelievers. Unbelievers get a pass because they don't know any better. Read the Old Testament. He was harder on the people than he didn't know him. Amen? Because they knew better than to do go against him. Now look what it says. In brotherly affection with love for just my believing friends. No, it says for everyone. Now here it is right here. The more that you grow like this, look what it says. The more, the more nicer I'm going to look at it. Says, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So don't tell me just getting knowledge from reading the Word of God is going to give you what you need, because it tells us right here: the more you grow like what He just told us, the more productive and useful you'll be in your knowledge of Lord Jesus. Now look at verse 9. Here's a warning to the rest of the Christians. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. What does that mean? When you've been cleansed from your old sins, Jesus tells you, now that I nailed them to the cross, you no longer have to go back and commit them again. When you forget that, you go back and commit them again. That's what he's saying. See, but when you do this and supplement your faith that way, you know that you've been cleansed of them and you no longer have to go back to them. Amen? You're short-sighted or blind. So you have to understand what the Bible is teaching us. Do you see what it's saying? It says, those who fail to develop in this way, which is most of Christianity, because nobody tells them they've got to look in the mirror and do things that they thought that they didn't want to do, they're short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they've been cleansed from their own sins. Listen, if you come up to me and tell me, hey, John, you know that Jesus forgave all my sins? And I go up to you and say, well, why are you still doing it? If you know that. Can I get an amen for this? Listen, if you tell me, you come up to me and tell me, do you know that Jesus cleansed me from all my sins? And I say, yeah, I know that. Do you know that? Well, if I knew it, then I wouldn't be committing them again. Actually, I'm still short-sighted and blind if I am. So that means, does that mean that I'm bad? No, that means I just need to grow. I need to get more supplements in me so I can grow. See, this is what people do. They get offended instead, right? Instead of saying, oh, that's good medicine for me. This is what I need to do. I can't believe the preacher said that about me. No, there's God telling you about you and how depraved you really are. I'm just the guy that he's using to tell you. That has nothing to do with me. 
And then when you get offended and shut down, you're just like the Pharisees say, oh, I'm already there, I don't need this. Oh, I guess you already arrived then. I must be looking at Jesus when I talk to you. See what I mean? And there's people that know their Bible, knowing the second coming's coming, knowing all this, knowing all that, but can't obey one of these things he's asking us to do. Saying, I'm smart, and I'm mature. You know what Jesus said? You're a fool. If you can't, if you hear my word and can't obey it, you're a fool. A lot of foolish Christians out there, including myself. Boy, I have to keep going back to my old ways and seeing how bad they are before I stop doing it. It just never, I, I just don't believe it enough, right? I got to go back and find out and go touch the hot water again, right? How many of us go back and touch the hot water again? Thinking after I got saved, I can still do that. And go back and touch the flames, right? All of us do. That's why we need him every day, right? right. Including myself. I'm no better than you. What do you think I'm up here for? I'm just as bad, not worse. Paul said he was the chief sinner. Anybody that comes up here or anybody who exalts himself as a Christian is already controlled by the devil. Because the only one that gets exalted is Jesus Christ. Because we can't do it. So whenever you get a victory, give the glory to God, not your own pride. Amen? You can't do it. That's why you came to Jesus. I can't do it. That's why I'm with him. I gotta hang on to this guy, man. I can't get the board day without him. My flesh is wicked. I want everything. Everything I can't have, I want. What do you think it tells you to sign? Wet paint. The first thing you do is touch it. Whatever you can't have, you want. Right? That's just in nature. Ask the kid. You tell him, no, don't do that. What's the first thing he does? He goes back to it. Nobody has to tell him. Why? Because it's in you. The Bible already knows you. If you say so no to somebody, you say yes to it. Just like our parents, right? Please, don't do that, right? And you rebel against your parents and go do it your way anyway, right? Yes means no. No means yes. And it's the same thing with the Word of God, Christians. I'm different. Listen. Here's one thing for sure. Nobody in this room is different. We all have the sin of Adam in us. We all have the seed of that in us. So none of us are different. We all want things that are bad for us. And we continue to do them to our own destruction. That's why we need a Savior, and that's why we need to learn and grow spiritually so we can resist that. Amen? Something that we were never able to do because of the weakness of our sin nature. And I'm trying to help us grow our new nature we have a new nature but we need to learn how to use it and grow into it amen and that's what this ministry is all about growing in grace and knowledge of our lord okay now let me, let's just let's look at verse now let's get ready to close it here but those who fail to develop this way a short-sighted of mind forgetting that they've been cleansed from their own sins so dear brothers and sisters listen to peter our brothers work hard Oh, I, what do you mean? That's work salvation. Here we go again. This is where people twist the scriptures again. No, the Bible tells us clearly to work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. You see it? And what else does he say? Here's a guarantee. Believers don't seem to pick them up on this. Do these things, everything we just talked about, and you will... 
never fall away. You see it? Or maybe fall away? No. If you do it the way it's laid out in that scripture, you will never fall away and back into your sin nature again. If you do it that way. Now, is that going to take some time? Yes. But it has to start somewhere. Can I get an amen for I don't care how long you've been coming to church. You might not have ever learned that. It has to start somewhere. And it starts with us. And we have to learn how to supplement our faith. We have to know the promises of God. We know how we need to know how to use this world, this stuff, to fight against it when it comes. And don't think you're getting away with it because nobody's seen you do it. This is what Christians do. Well, I'm alone. I can do that nasty thing. Now, don't worry, God forgives me. You really think so? You're actually hurting, you're hurting yourself. Right? You're grieving the Holy Spirit. And guess who else you're grieving? The church you say you belong to. That's who you hurt when you go and do your, sin, your sinful deeds when you're not here. That's who you hurt. So think about that the next time you go. That Jesus is with you. And the next time you go do that evil, whatever it might be, which all of us do, say, you know what? I'm not going to do that because I want the ministry to grow. I want us to get our own church. I want us to be a testimony. So I'm not going to do it. You see it? Here's where the power is in the church. It's when you don't do it when you're not here. And you represent it properly and you have a cause now. I'm not doing it for the glory of God. And you see? And that's how you never fall away. Because when you never fall away, that means you're always connected to this. What do you mean you're always connected? Even though you're not here, you're thinking about it. You're thinking about them. This is... This is my whole life, me and Lori, the whole, our whole life is the ministry. See, so when you're always thinking about this, you're always cautious on what you're doing. Because you're always knowing that God is with you. Because when you bring the ministry with you, you bring God with you. And your brothers and sisters, by the way. Listen, as, as sad as it is, when you go and do something for yourself, just remember one thing. You're bringing your brothers and sisters into it too. And Jesus. Do you get forgiven for it? Yes. But let me tell you something. We all suffer when you do something to indulge yourself in. Amen? Can I get an amen for that? Amen. And your brothers and sisters hurt too. So next time, may you might think twice about doing it. Saying, I don't want to hurt my brother. I don't want to hurt the pastor. I don't want to hurt the ministry. I don't want to do that sinful thing that makes us look bad. I want to represent... We're all believer priests, the Bible says. Can I get an amen for that? And he gives us the power to do it. And the grace and the mercy that we need so desperately to carry it out. Amen? All right, so just remember, God loves you. He's not holding your sins against you. He's never going to leave you nor forsake you. And he wants you to be a living example of believing that. Can I get an amen for that? All right, we're going to close there. Thank you for letting me share that. Brittany's going to come up and sing. And we are going to close. Oh, and one more other thing before we do, so your prayers don't get hindered, by the way. The prayers of a righteous person avail much. If you want your prayers to get answered, make sure you're not the one stopping them. Amen? Okay.
I have no other gods before me. I want to come first. Until I do, there's going to be problems. Bobby, you want to come close us in prayer? Thank you. Yes, Lord. Heavenly Father, we praise and honor and glorify you. We lift you on high. You are the true and one God. And Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for meeting our needs. Thank you for our lives, Heavenly Father. Yes, Lord. Thank you for getting us here safely. Thank you for our, for our pastor, John Sook. And it's yes, we have to worship you and honor you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord. And let us be your authority. Whoever's in office right now, Whatever's going on around, because we all do is keep in our minds that this is not our home. Yes, Lord. Heavenly Father, let us keep that in our minds. And Heavenly Father, let us realize that this is only temporal. Yes, Lord. We are not here permanently. Our home is with you, Heavenly Father. Yes, Lord. And Heavenly Father, give us travel and mercy this day, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, keep us safe, Heavenly Father. Mm -hmm. For this weekend, we are ahead of us. And a whole house say? Amen. All right. Thanks, Bobby. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night. Be safe until we meet again. God bless. Peace. Peace.